Hello, welcome back to Women in Stories podcast. I'm your host, Paula, and we are back with a very special episode. We are going to talk about dancing, how to find your passion, the power of intentions, and the importance of mental health and self-love. I'm having a very, very special guest today, and I'm so excited to have her. She's half Japanese, half Moroccan, born in Canada, lived in different countries to pursue her passion as a performing and professional artist. Natsumi, welcome to Unstars Podcast. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for a wonderful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so happy to share your stories on, on uh, your story on the podcast because you have a very unique mixed background and you have lived in different countries and I would really like to know what that experience has been for you. Yes, yes. Um, well, thank you again. I'm so honored to be here. Honestly, it's it's sometimes, you know, when every day is just a normal routine, it's hard mm. to what I'm doing. And then I realize, wow, I've, I've seen different things and I'm able to get to know myself even mm. better when I live in different places. So um, it's really an honor to share my stories with you and to all, you. all your listeners. Um, so yeah, um, I was born and raised in Montreal and um, I was really, I loved school, I loved sciences, I wanted to be an engineer and then, but I was dancing mm. always. Like I was taking dance classes in the evening mm. And then my teacher told me, you know, you can make this your career. And, you know, my dad was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my dad is the Moroccan one, um, but he has been so supportive. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then instead of going to engineering, I decided to study in New York for three years. Wow. Uh, dance to become a dancer. And then I worked in New York for one year. Mm. And I've also lived in uh, Germany um, for dance as well. So just uh, different places and it's different scenes, different audience, different yes. people. <laughs> we will dive into your story later, but I really wanted to know is which country captured your heart, your intention more by moving? Interesting question. Um, you know, I love Montreal. Right now I'm back in Montreal since COVID. Mm. Um, I find my family here, my friends here. But for dance and for like being able to dream, as cheesy as it sounds, for me, it's New York. <laughs> okay. Um, there's just so much that you could do. Like anything mm. is possible. Yeah. Um, there's so many good opportunities and there's also bad, like it's really mm. everything. There's a strong Muslim community there. Um, okay. Young Muslim, you know, children mm. of immigrant community mm. um, and really being in that community helped me grow a lot as well. So I think it's okay. <laughs> well, that's interesting. You say about the, the importance of community. Because when you go to Europe, especially, you don't have that kind of structure, the communities, right? You are right. I, I just learned that um, you're in Paris and yes. uh, you, you experience this. Yeah, New York is, it's so populated. And mm. sometimes 
very lonely because everybody has their big dream and they're running alone. But then there's this sense of community that I couldn't find anywhere else. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's in, in, in everything. Like, let's say you like to cook, mm. I don't know, Arabic food, okay? Then you're for sure going to find somewhere a little group of women that share recipe. Like, there's, there's so many people and so many things that, mm. yeah, yeah, it, there's a huge sense of community for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to ask you this question because I, I faced that a lot moving to uh, Western countries. I have lived in the Middle East and at the age of 18, 19, I, I moved to France. And I know you are Muslim, you are Arabic, you are Asian, uh, <laughs> you have all this interesting background and culture. So um, how do you uh, define yourself and how do you feel that you have the need to explain yourself to people who don't know a lot about the religion because it's something that I face a lot. They say, well, you are open-minded, you do this and you do that, and how come you are religious or how come you are from that country? Could you could you speak to that? I, I see what you're saying. Um, mm. yes. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, if you look at what a typical Moroccan girl mm. in Morocco should be like mm -hmm. that's not who I am because of already my job what mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. you know just the way I express myself I'm born and raised in North America mm -hmm. yeah. and well, I could be perceived as oh like she's Americanized and and whatever yeah. and oftentimes people ask me like wait how do you do this and that how are you a dancer and Muslim mm -hmm. and that has been an internal question for myself as well like okay, how do I, you know, I considered them so separate for a long time. Mm. Um, and then I was like, this can't continue like this. I can't keep going with these very two strong but separate mm. entities. So I started to see how they can nurture each other. Mm. Um, but yes, I, I often have to explain how, you know, how I'm still Muslim despite this. Mm. And then I realize that, you know, Islam or the practice of our faith, mm. it's beyond, of course, there's the, you know, the very typical, mm. you don't eat pork, you don't drink, like the, the, the rules, you know, but it's beyond that. Like it's mm. so much bigger than that. Mm. And it's every moment of your life, you are a Muslim. Yes. Um, you're, you're practicing your faith at every moment. It's not just do you pray? Do you yes. this? Do you dress like this? So sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm compared with a cousin that is very, very perfect with how <laughs> she is and how she she does things. Yeah. And I'm like, why does that make me less religious? Because mm. I like that, you know? So yeah. So yeah. Yes. I, I don't know if that kind of answered mm. resonated mm. with them. Yes. And I do think also the important thing is spirituality and your relationship with the higher purpose and how you nurture that. Yes, definitely. It's, it's first of all, it's between me and, and Allah, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I keep holding on to. Mm -hmm. And as long as my intentions are set and as long as, I mean, dance makes me more spiritual. Mm -hmm. And Islam makes my dancing 
more sacred. Mm. You know, they really, for me, I've come to a point where they really complement each other. So yeah. for me, it, it, it really, it works out. It makes me a better Muslim, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, I get, I get, I get your point. And I want to know, how did you find your passion through dancing? Because, I mean, you have taken, you took like a really different path than, than, than the traditional one, like get a degree, get a job and be engineer or doctor. And you're like, you kept like your vision. So how, how really you stick to your passion? How did you find this passion of you? Hmm. Um, I've been dancing since I'm three years old. So mm. it's always been a part of me. But when I realized that I could be a professional dancer, and the thing is that there's a timeline, there's a deadline, because you can't be a professional dancer later in your life. You know, yeah. it's a short career, so I had to act immediately. Mm. Honestly, the, the, the path of an, of an artist and dancer is very hard. And many times I'm like, why? <laughs> Why did you use this? But right away, you know, yeah. it just, it's, it, it, it makes me feel the most alive. And mm. I'm like, you know what? I think I can also have a little translating job on the side or I, I can work a little hourly salary thing. The mm. minute I go there, it's like, no, it's not the same. I, 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 it really is a part of me. It's who I am. And it, it just makes me a better person. And I just have to remember my purpose every time and and um it, it's very up and down but yes. <laughs> yeah you just need to find yourself every time yeah yes and when you're talking i feel like you you connect to your soul while you're dancing and that's a very special thing to have so mm -hmm. how people could uh, connect more to their soul and be true to their authentic self you know i feel like some things, some things you can't really solve in your head. Mm. You know, our body holds so much intelligence and knowledge and emotion that sometimes doesn't come up to our consciousness, I find. Um, and for me personally, it's through dance and sometimes also through prayer, but mm. basically these acts where I'm not talking, no one's talking to me, but it's just me connecting to my body, being in a space where I can connect to my body and to rhythm mm. that I, sometimes it's revealed what I'm feeling in the moment or what my soul needs or what my, 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 my body needs. And I can't do that by listening to something or by writing or by mm. reading. Sometimes it's not words, it's just movement. Yeah. And I find that connecting to our bodies really mm -hmm. is important to have that mind and soul connection. Um, and it reveals, you know, it's like, oh my God, I didn't know mm -hmm. I was feeling this way until I danced. And now I, mm -hmm. it looks like I'm very, very sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it reveals these emotions. Um, mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting because you express yourself, express your emotions through dancing, which yeah. is which is very interesting because um, I think, I mean, I'm going to talk about my upbringing when, when I'm in the in Morocco or in the, in the East. You don't really uh, um, 
raised by expressing emotions or saying what you really feel like how do you feel like it's a question that <laughs> no one asks you question <laughs> <laughs> and it's very it's very important to connect to our emotions and i want to uh, talk about uh, the hardship that the the most difficult part you had through your career and how you came out strong from it because I know you had a lot of pressure to build your career in, 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 in New York and be a professional dancer. So how you overcame this kind of challenges and if you could tell your story about that. Yes, so when I moved to New York, I was 19 mm -hmm. and New York's life rhythm is not like Montreal. It's so much faster. The buildings are sky mm -hmm. high. It's just you're running and running and running if you don't pay attention to what you're doing. It's just like a wave, you know, mm -hmm. that you embark on. And in my second year of being in New York or third year, I was hospitalized with a, a lot of inflammation in my gut, in my intestines. Um, I had fever for days and I was just sick, sick, sick. Mm -hmm. um, later, I found out that I have Crohn's disease, which is an inflammation in the body. Um, and that happened because I was not paying attention to my body. I was not paying attention to how the pressure that I had was affecting me. I wasn't listening to my body. I was just going with my head. I was just saying, oh, I have a free day. Well, I better pack it with work. Oh, mm -hmm. I have a free day. I better take class everywhere to be a better dancer. I was not taking care of myself and I was just trying to be the best mm -hmm. at the time. And then I had this big crash. And that was a huge sign for me to say, um, if you want to keep going, you have to connect to your body. And it's ironic because dance is exactly that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, you can't just keep running at 100 miles an hour without paying attention to your body and to what you need. So from there, it really was, you know, every time I'm a little bit stressed, my body has inflammation. I I can't digest anything. It's just this whole thing. And at first I thought, oh my goodness, it's, I'm so weak. Like this, this sucks. Like it, I'm so weak. I'm always sick. But then I kind of saw it as a blessing. Like my, it's my, my body's language of telling me when I'm going too fast or when I'm not expressing my emotions. Sometimes when I bottle up my emotions in my body, like I don't tell people how I really mm my body has to react. Yes. There's the emotions in my body. Mm. So yeah, that was one of the one of the like health issue hurdles mm. that I had to overcome. Um, otherwise, it's the very, very classic, you know, dancer in New York struggle where it's you just go to audition after audition after audition. There's 500 dancers there for one job, you know, one yeah. But there's 500 ladies for one job and just have to get used to being rejected. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to say maybe next time it's going to be a yes. You just have to keep showing up every morning. You keep showing up and it's it's not easy, but it gets a little bit better. But it's it's um you just have to keep remembering that it was just not Miktub. You know, that's yes. my 
it's not cool, then that's it, you know, um, it's not written. Um, yes. for, sometimes you think you want this, but yes. I just trusting that Allah knows better than me. Yes. And, and just trusting that uh, what he has um, planned for me. So, yes. Yeah. It's just the, the, the higher power said to, says, says to you, excuse me, you're moving to the right direction. <laughs> yeah, or not. Maybe you're yes. in the right direction. And you're like, what? I thought this was my dream job. Yeah. And something else happens. And this was maybe better for you or, you know. Mm. So yes, yes. <laughs> and um, here in your story, it's very interesting to see how you... Uh, try to keep moving on despite of the all the struggle that you have faced and I want to talk about important point about uh, listening to advice and picking the right options because I have been there sometimes when I don't really know what to pick and people is like well you're so young just pick anything and what who you think you are you're so arrogant just pick this job and you know, just live like this. So I know that you experienced this. So could you speak to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> one, you know, um, that's a big one. I ask my, I ask advice to my friends all the time. I mm -hmm. sometimes I really can't make decisions, but I, I ask the friends that I really trust and that I really respect their thoughts and mm -hmm. I agree with how they think. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need that outside perspective um, to see, to, to have a perspective on your life, you know, mm. but of course, often, um, I've had a lot of, um, advice like, oh, um, it's a very unstable job, you know, mm. like my family, um, yes. me in Morocco, um, they respect me, you know, mm. but they still try to be like, did you think about your job as a woman, as a Muslim woman? Um, mm. yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, artist can't survive. It's not a real job. It's mm -hmm. just a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, I've also got, um, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> one family member called me and, and, and she said, uh, you have to leave something behind in this dunya, in this world. Mm -hmm. and, for example, a teacher, they leave mm -hmm. a thesis or mm. they leave something behind, like maybe a mm. research. As a Muslim woman, you have to leave something behind in your life. And she told me, music and dance, it's just for entertainment. It's just for the mood or the pleasure. And you're not leaving anything behind you. So you want to think about that. And I was like, what? <laughs> leave a lot behind. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I think um, you know, art is essential as humans. Anyways, it's 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 a much bigger problem in in in, in North Africa and the Middle East. Yes, yes. Art is consumed and stuff, but but yeah, I, I've received a lot of advice from my family and and, and friends too. Um and and sometimes I, I take them, I'm like, oh my goodness, you're right. I didn't see it like that. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, I, I really can't take this advice. They don't, they don't know what I live every day. Mm. They don't know the struggles that I've gone through. Um, and when I signed up for this career, I, I, I committed to the consequences, quote unquote, like to mm. 
you know, to, to the struggles. I know it's not a career I'm going to make a lot of money in. I know that. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> so, so yeah, sometimes I have to take it and leave it and be like, thank you. Um, thanks for your advice. But yeah. I don't not know. taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's very interesting when you when your someone from your uh, family member said to you that you gotta leave something behind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what do you think your legacy will be in five years <laughs> ahead of you? <laughs> you know, honestly, for me, when I have a student in my class that leaves my class feeling better or inspired to do better mm. than me. that's huge for me you know life is every day it's not for the future and it's not for your past it's every moment is important so to say what are you leaving behind like a sh like mm. what my family member said is like I mean, every day we make small little adjustments and mm. we improve people's lives I really, I really, um, I really hope to be able to open up the mind of our community members, most likely, um, to shift the perspective of what dance can bring you, mm. especially to um, our women. Mm. Um, I would like to be able to create safe spaces. Mm. It means an all women class for now, you know, where women can be in a safe space and explore their bodies and express things that maybe they can't express at home um, and just shift the, and, and it's a big task, you know, it's not going to be day and night, but yes, to shift what art can do good to you. Mm -hmm. um, it can improve mental health. Mm -hmm. I mean, in our community, mental health is, is a, um, is tricky like it's it's not really considered a problem you know like <laughs> and it's it's and for yes yeah yeah so so i think i think just empowering women in their bodies mm -hmm. allowing women to connect again with their mm -hmm. bodies to to not be ashamed of moving their bodies mm -hmm. all this for me i think it's a I think I'm leaving something behind if I get yes. one, two, three women, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You're leaving your passion behind, of course. And I want to I wanna go back to, uh, because you're a dancer teacher too. So yes. you mentor uh, the young generation now and, and people for dancing. But who mentor you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I have one teacher here in Montreal that really she's the one and I she's still my teacher today I still took class with her yesterday it's been more than 10 years she she's not Muslim I mean I don't have any dance Muslim mentors we're very very few yes. dance, you know <laughs> um she's the one who really took me out and said you can be a professional dancer and at every struggle she always was so honest with me and told me with like, sometimes I'm like, she's so, how could she be so mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but she's just saying the truth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And stuff that I couldn't even admit to myself, she told me. So I have that mentor in Montreal. 
I have a mentor in New York who really helped me navigate the New York scene. And even though these two beautiful humans are not Muslim, Mm -hmm. they are able to guide me in being my most honest and authentic self. Mm -hmm. You know, they just remove themselves from the equation and they're able to tell me, does this make you feel pure? Mm -hmm. No, then you have to change. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I needed a Muslim. I mean, I would have loved loved (laughs) but even these two humans made made sure that I was always honest Mm. and and authentic to myself and to my goals and um so yeah I think it's those two (laughs) yes and I think it's very important because when someone is respecting your values and respecting uh as a as a dancer as a person what you're doing uh, they will guide you to your uh, true self when you dance, yes. and, and that's that's very interesting to to respect the person's values because that's how you can be yourself more. Yes, no, really, and it's not everybody. It's not everybody that really, mm-hmm. you know, respects your values without judging. Yes, you, you know, yeah. and sometimes it's not their fault. It's They've, they've seen one way forever and now I come with this practice, that practice, and they're like, oh, that's so different. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. And in moments, we have to give them space to learn instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh my God, leave, you know? Mm-hmm. But I really have respect for these two women, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I want to go back to uh, your mixed background because it's very interesting. And you speak Arabic, you speak French, you speak English, you speak Japanese too, right? It, that's, that's very powerful to have all these kind of languages. So I want to talk about Morocco and your experience there. And what did you like and what did you dislike there in Morocco? Hmm, yeah, I love Morocco. Um, I think it's really one of the most beautiful places in the world, not just for the scenes, but just, I I think it's beautiful how much the faith is embedded in the daily life. Mm -hmm. You know, here it's very separate and and Mm -hmm. that's, that's how it is. And that's okay. They are, they are just beautiful in the sense that, for example, you know, they, they operate with prayer times in the day. Like you hear the Adhan mm. is around that. Of course, it's sometimes taken to the extreme. Yes. And you're like, oh my goodness, that's not how our modern life works anymore. You, yeah. you can't apply to the modern life sometimes. Mm. Um, but honestly, I think Morocco is my favorite place in the world. I just love how everybody becomes family instantly. Mm. There's no like... You know, in America, in Canada, it's very individual. It's very like, I'm going to help you if you help me. Yes. I'm going to give you this if you give me this. You didn't help me, so I'm not helping you. It's like very like action and con- like, you know, it, it has to yes. be an exchange, a fair exchange. Not always, of course. In Morocco, it's just so generous. There's no like, it's just so generous. Mm. No questions asked food wise, you know, help wise, time. Yes. The, the time is different in Morocco. It's just longer. It's <laughs> so slow. 
it's so late. I don't think that. I don't like that everybody is so late. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Japanese is there on time always. So yeah. Can you be two hours late? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I really, I really uh, uh, love what you're saying because. Uh, in the in the in the east you have this kind of um, uh, receiving people and being generous with them and and it's kind of the values of uh, of the east um well uh, growing up in this mixed background what the difficult things you had like a stereotype it's even it's morocco in different countries what does the stereotype that keep coming always back to you interesting um i mean i look more Asian, I guess, Moroccan. Yeah. So when I go to Morocco, I, I just always, they think I'm Chinese. I find that, you know, for Moroccans, it's like anything Asia is China. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so they all call me, yeah, Shinwia, like I said in, in, in the interview. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, oh my God, do you like sushi? Do you watch anime? And I'm like, it's much more than that, you know. Um, um, I always get the question like, "Are you more Japanese? Are you more Moroccan?" Um, um, you know, and and I I, I don't think uh, yeah I, I always get those two questions from from both sides. Um, the stereotypes that I get is more like. Yeah, they, they, they just are very interested in, in how I was brought up in mm. my household, like what languages we speak at home. I mm. think it's, I, I, I welcome it. I think it's really cool that people, I don't know. Sometimes I'm interested, it, yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't mind at all. Like it's, it's I know it's different, um, but it's more than just sushi and anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, Japan, you know, on the other side, they they don't know much about islam mm. and they have this like the 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 west they have a very like scary mm. scary view so they're really like oh like they associate it with terrorism right away yes yeah <laughs> my goodness um you know they they just like uncomfortable immediately yes. um, so in those moments it's just they don't know better and it's not sometimes i think it's not their fault mm although they can do the work, yes. um, not their fault. And in those moments, you just need to continue to, to, to educate and to, to share mm. and to inform. It's, it's our, yeah, it's, it's just, mm. it comes with it a little bit. Yeah. Yes. And that's very interesting because I want to know your opinion about this. Uh, why do you think now is religion is starting to decline in a lot of countries mm. and um, even like, even in America or in other countries, they feel like they are drifted now away from religion. And, you know, this kind of religion is something like taboo to talk about. So yeah. tell me about your experience. How do you find that? Like when you go to different countries, why do you think is that happening? Hmm. Observation. Um, I think, I think people, I think people have, they, I think people are, they don't want to ask right away. Maybe they fear to have these big conversations. It's, it's big mm -hmm. conversations that are happen that, that need to happen 
because, you know, they don't want to offend. They don't want to, they're afraid of making mistakes. They're afraid of offending the person sometimes. And I find like, it's better if we just have the conversation and I can explain to you how it is for me, you know? So I think it's, it's sad. I think it's very sad that religions are being pushed away for maybe fear for being associated to very strict rules. I think religion is so vast and it's beyond those five rules that I wished that, you know, maybe some people took time to see how can this, but it's very personal. Of course, nobody has to do this, but I found that there's so much room for me if I took the time and sit down and say, what does this mean for me? And how can I apply this in my modern life? Instead of thinking religion is old school or it's nothing, you know? And I think, I think, I think these big religious institutions have to also be realistic and shift the vocabulary to reach the youth. Yes. They have to. Um, there is this one, the life-changing experience for me for this is the um, Islamic Center at New York University is very, very for the young generation. They do the khutbah in English. They speak in our language, our vocabulary, because they have to talk to us, you know? And and that changed my life. I said, oh my goodness, I can I can relate to this. So to answer your question, I think, I think it's, I think there's, there's room to dig in and to, to search for more, but that work may be harder than just stepping out. I think yes. it's easy to just say, ah, never mind. I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to address. I'm not going to yes. do You know, I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because like really it, it needs to, people need to do really the hard work to, to uh, seek answers for their questions. And a lot of people, they ask questions and they don't, they don't get answers. So they got like fed up and say, okay, I'm just going to stay this way. Yeah. And our religion, we're human. We mm. are designed to mm. make mistakes. Mm. Our religion, Allah is the most forgiving. And even sometimes me, I'm so hard on myself, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this well. I'm, but, you know, there's this quote that it's, um, I, I don't want to mess it up, but it's, you take, you take one step towards Allah and mm -hmm. Allah comes running to you, you know, mm -hmm. as long as you return a little bit, mm -hmm. a bit more answers. It's, it's not a straight line. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's. It's yeah, I think I think um, we can be more forgiving because Allah is very forgiving and we just keep moving forward. Even we make mistakes, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 And that's very interesting what you said, because uh, sometimes I do too spend a lot of time alone mm -hmm. and I reflect about things. And and also I, I, I remember some situations that I have been. I'm like, if I had if I hadn't, haven't had the faith to uh, believe in a higher purpose, yeah. I wouldn't like move from that struggles that I had. Yeah, no, mm. exactly. But that 
that higher power can be anything for anybody. Yes. You, yes. For us, it's a lot. And that's yes. beautiful. Um, but I think there's so much room for people to, 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 to explore it. it it's, it's vulnerable. It's very hard. Yes. Um, but so many moments, it's like, thank God I have this yeah. to turn back to and anything, something very high pressure. I'm like, oh, I have to get it. I have to get it. I work so hard. I have to get it. But it's like, if it's not Maktoub, it's not Maktoub. Yes. And yes. I have to trust that Allah knows better than me. Yes. You know, and knows what's better for me. And sometimes you don't know why right away. Yeah. Um, you know, so. You got the answers later on. <laughs> One year later. Hey. <laughs> I wasn't able to take that contract. That's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So talk, talk to us about like uh, an experience that you had with this situation, like why I didn't get that and then you understand that aha moment that you had. Yeah, well, um, you know, I was in New York and uh, I was, you know, I, I spent one year, I mean, I was there for four years and I spent my four years networking, getting to know people. I loved it. Like it wasn't forced. I wanted to make a career there and, um, and, and I loved New York so much. And then the visa, you know, there's a visa situation. It's so hard. And it, and um, I didn't get my visa. Mm. No, it didn't get renewed. It didn't get, they, they didn't um, approve my visa for me to stay longer than a year after my studies. And that just sunk me down. Like I was just picturing myself working in New York for years after my studies and I had to move. I had to go back to Canada. I didn't have a work visa to stay there. So I was like, what? I put so much work in this visa. You know, I I can't believe that I have to. It felt like my world ended. I was like, what am I going to do in Montreal? I don't know anybody in Montreal. There's, there's like not the same kind of dancing in Montreal. And I don't want to go back home and all this. And I remember it was December and I got the notification and I was like, what? My visa was declined, <gasps> you know, and, and I, it was hard to come back from there because I spent four years building, mm. you know, but then if I had stayed in New York, I, I wouldn't be where I am today mm. ever. You know, I had to overcome that low believing that, well, it's just not written for me right now. Mm. You know, I could do anything and it's just not written for me. I have to accept it. Mm. And thanks. Thanks. Now I'm grateful that I was forced back home and I had to rebuild myself and mm. I was able to reshape my vision. I had space to be with my family again. I was able to explore Europe. I lived in Europe. I auditioned everywhere in Europe. If I had stayed in New York, I wouldn't have seen that whole world. Mm. I don't think I would have realized my, my purpose the same way I do today. I don't think I would have healed my, my Crohn's disease in the mm. same way. I think I would have just powered through, powered through, mm. and never listened to my body. So that was a huge moment where I had to be like, you just need to believe that this was just meant to be like this. Mm -hmm. you know? um, yeah. yeah. So that was, that was big for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's very interesting to, to, to know about this. And I want to know, because we talk about art and performing arts, but I want the audience to know more about 
your performing arts and what you do exactly in dancing? Hmm. Um, so mainly there's two paths. Um, I'm more of a freelance dancer. So I, I do short-term contracts like, uh, okay, two weeks or three mm -hmm. months or, or six months. And, and I think for me personally, I would love to have a full-time dance job, one company and I'm dancing from for now as a performing artist. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I really enjoy exploring creating for myself. Um, creating some works that tell my story. Um, the last show that I did that really changed my career was called um, Calling a Dance with Faith. And it was about me and my dance partner, Hala Shah. We were both Muslim women with a dance career. And the show was written about our lives. It was based on interviews kind of this kind of similar interview, actually. Mm -hmm. and, and the director, the writer built a whole show about that, about how we, you know, how, how we struggle with being Muslim and a dancer as a teenager in North America, how we navigated parties and relationships and all that, like a very raw, like biography show. Um, and so, depending on the contract there's different projects you know um and i'm right now i'm really interested in making my own work um and seeing okay what what the what are the stories that our women have to tell um i want to invite more muslim women to be a part of this dance is not for just trained dancers i think it's for everybody and um yes i yeah uh, I, I think that, that that summarizes a little bit. Yes. I'm, I'm mostly teaching now because of COVID. Mm. Um, for the past, since COVID started, mm. there was no shows. Like the theaters are closed. And so um, I've been mostly teaching to make a living right now. Okay. Uh, on, on Zoom for a year. Yeah. We're back on in the studio, but it, mostly teaching kids and adults too. Yeah. Th yeah. That's very good, very interesting job actually, and it's a, it's an honorable job to be a teacher to to teach this kind of stuff. Not anyone could do it because you 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 have this authentic touch to your dancing, which will inspire people to dance. Oh, thank you so much for that comment. <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes teaching, I'm so busy and I'm like running from one class mm. to the other class, and then. When I think about my teachers when I was young, I remember every single teacher I had. Every single one, I remember them. Even our school teachers, we remember Madame this, you know, we remember them. And sometimes I feel like I'm not making a difference. And sometimes I feel very low. But then I remember, like, these kids are going to remember me. They're, I, I'm making an impact on them and they're going to remember their dance classes so when I remember that and I see them grow in my class, I'm like, wow, this is a very honorable position and job to be in. And I have a big responsibility too. It's, 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 it's not nothing, like it's, it's not taken lightly to be an educator. Your voice, no, kids listen to you. You can't say whatever and, and just kind of go in there and do whatever. Mm -hmm. 
they they listen to you, they look up to you. So there is a big responsibility there too in their education. So um, I don't take it lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you talked about the, the teachers that you had and the, the experience. So who comes to your mind when you think of the word successful? Who comes to my mind when I think the, of successful? Yes. I, you know, at first... Defining success has always been a struggle for me, especially as an artist. Like, what is it to be successful? Is it to have a lot of money? Is it to be living in Germany away from home? Is it to be touring the world, performing in every country? Um, is it to be popular, famous? You know, what is it um, to be successful? And especially after my 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 health issues, I really realized that for me I think success is having a balanced life and when I see older people like people that are older than me in dance that have achieved that 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 know how to be a human and to be a professional artist and to be a parent to be a friend when people know how to have fun and to be serious at work when it's needed you know That's what I think is success for me, mm. is to really be able to take care of yourself, of your family, like somebody that really is famous, but they don't know how to talk to their family with a calm voice. Mm. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so I mm. think for me, it's, of course, having a, a very interesting professional dance career, but I love seeing them very human yes. and humble. You know, yeah. I think that's what a successful person is for me. Yeah. Yes, it is. And we have a lot of, I mean, dancers, artists in, in social media, but the one who stands out are the ones who really express their personality and their beliefs through dancing. Yeah. Yes, authentic artists. And and yes. off of that, you remind me of this a story with my roommate. Um, it's So I was in New York and I was living with two roommates um, and I came back from an audition. Like I auditioned all the time. There's so many auditions. So I come back from audition. It was in Boston and it was a long day because I went and came back in the same day. I didn't want to waste money on sleeping there, whatever. So I, I came back in my apartment. It's like two in the morning. I'm so tired and I didn't get the job. I, I got cut at the audition. And my my roommate is there and 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 he's like how did it go and i was like well i didn't get the job but you know what i didn't really like the style in the end mm. i thought i liked them but the audition was very commercial it was mm. very you do a trick can you do something very like poppy like very showy And people who want to do that is fine. Like there's a place and time for that, but it's just not who I am as an artist. So I told my roommate, I said, you know, I didn't really like their style. So I didn't get the job, but whatever, like I, I didn't like it anyway. And he told me, he said, well, I live with you and I see you struggling every day. And I see you drinking coffee every two hours. And I see you having the longest days, mm -hmm. I don't think you're in a place where you can be specific mm -hmm. with what you want. 
I think you're in a place where you have to take any opportunity you have. I don't think you have the power yet to be selective. I want to do this. No, not that. Oh, this, not that. And I was like, what? And he said, you are still very at the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. And if the audience, if the crowd asks you, I want a backflip, it doesn't matter if you don't want to do it. You have to do the backflip. You have to satisfy the audience. And I was like, what? And it really stuck with me. I really struggled with that conversation. Because I was like, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't be selective. Maybe I'm closing myself doors. But I I know I, I knew I couldn't be like that, especially with my path and and you know the way the person that yes. I am and how specific my act mm-hmm. is. So then I realized that no, that's not how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to stay clear. And, and that helped, that conversation helped me clarify what my goal is as a performing artist mm. and what I want to do and who I want to work with and what kind of dancer I want to do mm. and what kind of clothes I want to wear on stage. Yeah. And it might look like I'm closing myself doors, but actually from my experience since then, it only opened up space for things mm. that are good for me. You know, sometimes we have, we, we, we are scared with emptiness like, oh, I just said no to this contract, mm. a lot of money, but they want me naked on stage. I'm like, I'm not going to go naked on stage. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. So then you're like, oh, I have no contract. But that space that you just created is going to welcome something that is for you. Mm. So really being authentic to myself has only helped me can mm. be more and more and more and more authentic to myself. Mm. So he was wrong. <laughs> Sorry, that, was, uh, that took me some time. He was wrong. <laughs> yes, and that is interesting because a lot of uh, uh, people, or they might be friends and they want the best for you, but they might analyze the situation in a wrong way, and their reality is far away from yours. And yeah. Yeah, the reality, you know, if I was in a different field, maybe like accounting, Mm -hmm. maybe I will take anything that comes to my way. But dancing is so close to who I am. Mm -hmm. It's it's really putting myself out there. It's it's me you're looking at. It's not my accounting calculations. I don't know how to say, but and and I did have a time in New York where I took some jobs that I didn't really want to do. I mean, at first you kind of have to. You know, and and sometimes you do have to accept jobs that open up doors to other jobs, even if it's not your dream job. Mm-hmm. But to do like, well, the audience wants me to dance like this, mm-hmm. then I'm going to. It's like, what are you doing as an artist? You know, why are they coming to see you? Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it uh, my friend's different. Yeah, like he has a different perspective, and that's okay. Yeah, they, they don't see my life the way I see it. So. Yeah. 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 So we are going to hit the final five questions. <laughs> I really wanted to conduct the interview for two hours, <laughs> but uh, I would love to have this final five with you because I know that you have interesting uh, words to say. So I'm going to ask you a question and you need to um, 
to answer uh, with a word or with like a statement or some or quotation or something. Okay. Okay. So, what's the best advice you have received? Be honest with yourself mm. and don't be afraid to face yourself. Okay. What's that? Yeah. What's the worst advice you have received? Worst advice I have received. Sorry, I'm taking a moment to think. No, no, think. Take your time. What's the worst advice I have received? Hmm. Mm, I think it's my, my roommates. <laughs> it's please the crowd, give the crowd what they want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm. And what's the one habit that you did that raised your game the most? Hmm, sleeping early. <laughs> Sleeping early, honestly, it changes everything. Sleeping early and, and I would say, hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking. No, no, take your time. <laughs> Sleeping early. I'm going to say something then like. Yes, coffee. go ahead. Coffee. <laughs> Okay, I was like, that's too boring. <laughs> Sleeping early and coffee, for sure. Okay. I struggle in Ramadan. <laughs> that's a whole other topic and it's okay. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah, it has helped me. Just full of energy. <laughs> okay, so the fourth question. Uh, what is the best word uh, you love like in Arabic in the Arabic uh... it's Nia mm. like, it means intention yeah. um, and um, yeah I think it's I think it's everything for me um, it really is what is the base of everything I do um, yeah. even not just dance even as a human what are your intentions be behind your words what are your intentions behind this act? What did you want to do to this person? I think it's what drives me in my in my life. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like knowing your, your intentions and where you are going in life. That's that's the most important thing, I think, as a young as a young person pursuing a career, like having mm -hmm. these true intentions. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how people could find you on social media and how they can in you know see your work and support you. Yes. Um, well, my Instagram account is at it's Nats Bella, I-T-S-N-A-T-S-B-E-L-L-A. <laughs> and um, my website is Natsumi Sophia with the P-H and Balali, B-E-L-L-A-L-I.com. If you find my Instagram, you'll also find my, my website. So yeah, like <laughs> okay and that's great i really had so much fun uh, hearing your story